Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. When the devastating news broke about the beautiful and brilliant Miss USA, millions were stunned. Miss USA is North Carolina. In 2019, Chesley Christ was crowned Miss USA. From the outside, her life looked like a fairy tale. Chesley was gorgeous, gifted, and good at everything. She was this joyful, beautiful woman who just had this energy about her that drew people in. She made me want to be a better woman. She excelled in school, earning three college diplomas, including an MBA and a law degree at the same time. She was a Division I track and field star, a loving daughter, devoted to her faith, and passionately stood up for what she believed in. We got to work together on Miss Universe. Chesley had the world at her feet. What a bright, vivacious, wonderful person. All right, guys, I am headed in to interview Alan Richson, who is stepping into some pretty legendary shoes, those of Tom Cruise. Oprah, this is a transformational tour. She had her dream job as an Emmy-nominated correspondent for Extra. Well, you look incredible. You are savage. Thank you. That's all cute and sophisticated on this little red carpet now. What many didn't know is underneath it all, Chesley was reeling from debilitating depression. (sighs) On January 30th of this year, 
Chesley jumped to her death from her 29th floor balcony. For the first time, we're hearing from Chesley's mom, April Simpkins. Welcome. Oh, so I'm really happy to have you here. It's good to be here. It's healing for me to talk about Chesley. Yeah. So thank you. Our deepest sympathies yes. and condolences. For your loss. Yeah. yeah. As thank a mother, you. I just, I can't imagine. I never thought I would be here. Yeah. She truly was my best friend. She was the first person I talked to when I woke up. We would literally just go about our morning. FaceTiming each other. She'd be putting on her makeup. I'd be getting myself ready at my desk. Mm -hmm. How's your day? What's going on? So to not have that makes mornings awful for me. Yeah. But I don't know that I'm going to get over the grief. I'm trying to accept that grief and I are going to do life together. Yeah. Can you tell us about her personality? Um, I have six children and Chesley's second in line. There was always something incredible about Chesley. Her intelligence was there from birth, honestly. And a lot of her achievements didn't really surprise our family. She always sought to do better, to learn more. She was always speaking on behalf of her siblings. And the way she would call me up and negotiate their punishment. <laughs> <laughs> she started that speaking for others at a young age. Mm -hmm. I think what shocked so many people is when you see her on television, when you see her on Instagram, right. TikTok. I don't know about you. She's smiling, she's bubbly. And that was Chesley. Mm -hmm. But Chesley was also battling depression, yeah. which she hid. Did you see any preliminary signs or? I did. I knew Chesley was suffering from depression. I didn't know the severity Verity of it. Of it. Yeah. yeah. This was not her first suicide attempt. She had attempted suicide before, and it was after that first attempt that she and I grew very close, and I wanted her to feel comfortable calling me. Yeah. If ever you're in crisis, call me. Right. And she began taking all the right steps. Yeah. She began seeing a counselor. She was getting good sleep at night. She knew all the things to do. Hey y'all, I do a lot to make sure that I maintain my mental health. And the most important thing that I did is talk to a counselor. I take time at the end of every single day to just decompress. I unplug, I shut my phone off, I don't answer messages. I just sit and watch my favorite movie. Wow. Chesley had the ability to deflect. Mm. Yeah. So if you said to Chesley, Chesley, how are you doing? She'd say, I'm fine. How, how are, are you? you? Yes. I know all about and we would just one. talk about yeah. you and yeah. what you got going on. And I think for so many, that's why they feel like they were best friends with Chesley. Yeah. Because she was so intent on talking about them, yeah. Yeah. not her. That's right. At what age did you start noticing symptoms? She was in her early 20s, just before that first attempt. Mm. That was the first time I noticed smiles were a little forced. Yeah. And I thought, honestly, maybe it's just stress. I mean, she was in yep. getting two degrees. Right. Yeah. That's huge. And then the attempt happened, and we had conversations that we really hadn't had before. And I just really felt like she was doing all the right things. Yeah. And um, the morning of her passing, yeah. Chesley left a note in her apartment, very simple, just said she wanted to leave everything to me. Um, Sunday mornings, Chesley knows I go to work out at my exercise class. 
I was leaving my class. I was gonna call her on my way home, and when I looked at my phone, I noticed there was a text message from her. Um, and I'll, I'll just read a little bit if that's sure, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Um, the first thing she said is, first, I'm sorry. By the time you get this, I won't be alive anymore. And it makes me even more sad to write this because I know it will hurt you the most. I think at that point I near blacked out because by the time I read the text, an hour had passed. I don't even remember step-by-step step what happened. I do remember at some point I was calling my husband screaming and he's saying, what, what? I got home and we're just trying to figure out what to do. I had not read the rest of her message. I, I just couldn't. But when I scrolled it, I could tell that it was long. Yeah. And I thought, this is not good. Her message went on to say, I love you, mom, and you are my best friend and the person I've lived for for years. I wish I could stay with you, but I cannot bear the crushing weight of persistent sadness, hopelessness, and loneliness any longer. I've never told you these feelings because I've never wanted you to worry and because I hoped they would eventually change, but I know they never will. They follow me through every accomplishment, success, family gathering, friendly dinner. I cry almost every day now, like I'm in mourning. I've wished for death for years, and I know you would want to know and want to help, but I haven't wanted to share this weight with anyone. Regardless of that, thank you sincerely for being there for me in some of my loneliest moments without me even telling you I needed you. You have kept me alive and ready to face another day because you answer every phone call and you are there for me at the drop of a hat. You listen to me and care when I tell you what goes on in my life and you've always made me feel like you love me. I love you more than any person I've ever known. You've done nothing wrong. You've done everything right. I no longer feel like I have any purpose in life. I don't know if I ever really did. And some things I'm just um, gonna skip just because they're just a little more personal. Yeah. And she also left in here her final wishes um, which we are carrying out. Yeah. She left us access to some of her personal things. She says, I've pushed away most of my friends and I can't fix any of that, no matter how hard I've tried. So I will leave and rejoin God in heaven and hope to find peace there. I don't wanna leave, but I genuinely feel like I have to if I want to escape my loneliness that feels like it has no end. I fought against depression for a long time, but it's one this time around. There aren't enough words in the world to describe my love and appreciation for you. You are the perfect mom and I will love you forever, even in death. Feel free to share this message. People should know that you're the best mom in the world and that you were the best mom to me that I ever could have hopes for. It took me a while to read that all the way through. I would read some sentences and then I just would collapse. But after I really absorbed it, I became thankful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thankful that I had her for 30 incredible yes. years. Right. 
that I got to watch her. She knew that I would need those words moving forward to just bring yeah. comfort. Absolutely. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. When was the last time you saw Chesley? Every other year, we take all the kids down to Universal Studios. And we were there in January. Wow. We rode rides together. We laughed together. But that was the last time I hugged her. How did January 30th unfold for you? It honestly, it felt like any other day. And what I struggle with is I hear some people sometimes say, I had this feeling something was wrong. I kept searching through my brain after the fact. Mm -hmm. Like, was there a moment when I had this feeling I should call Chesley or I need to, um, I remember when I finally made it home and got to my husband who was trying to understand what I was saying. So that was when we reached out to the police. Like, we got this message, get paramedic there. So immediately I'm thinking, okay, this must be like the first attempt. Let's get on a plane, get up there, meet her at the hospital. Let's see what we can do. We're texting the family. Um, We don't live in New York. We made it to the airport. We got on the plane, which is now taxiing, when the police confirmed that she was no longer with us. Mm -hmm. And... I don't remember the plane ride. I remember hearing my husband sobbing. We got to New York. We got into the hotel room and we were just both on the floor. I called my closest girlfriend um, who knew Chesley very well. I couldn't even say the words. David and I didn't, like we literally didn't know what What to to do. do. And we went outside to get some fresh air. I remember just sobbing on the sidewalk. I just couldn't move my body anymore. I don't remember anything. All I know is we had to bring my baby home yeah. and, um, and then plan her funeral. When I got home, our family was already huddled together yeah. at my daughter's place. I walked through the door and just collapsed in my son's arms. Yeah. I couldn't remember how to breathe. Yeah. It was so hard, honestly. Willow, Jada, and Gammy. Feeling the way I felt and watching my children hurt. It's almost like I'm bleeding, but I need to do triage with my children. They still need their mommy, but mommy is hurting. And the struggle between trying to take care of me, but take care of my children. And be there for your family. Yes. That was where seeing my sons, just everyone just weeping. Our family grew tighter. Yeah, Our family grew tighter. And now we've had to start working hard to protect her legacy. People aren't kind sometimes to those oh, who my have goodness. mental yeah. challenges. Yeah. And Chesley knew that. She would feel pain when people she trusted would betray her trust. Yes. That would hurt her. Yes. And she would carry that. Right. Um, like she couldn't quite let it go. And so I do hope that opening up these discussions and just talking about where Chesley was, her state of mind at that time, hopefully encourage people to be kinder. You just never know what burdens people are carrying. Exactly. You know, depression is not always marked by someone laying in bed or unable to do things. And, you know, there are people who are high functioning who can get through the day because they wear the face. Right. And we all are taught to wear that face. face. That's right. And Chesley wore the face. Yeah. Chesley's family says she struggled with high-functioning depression. 
High-functioning depression is a descriptor we use to help us better understand people who may be dealing with depression, but who don't present as if they're dealing with depression. These folks go to work or school. They can have engaging conversations with family, friends, and loved ones. They do all the things that everyone else can do, but behind closed doors, they're really dealing with what it means to have a depressive illness. She had to smile. She laughed a laugh that was infectious, honestly, when something made her really smile. Right. From the gut, her laugh came out. And she took a trip with Mike Johnson last year. Okay. And he posted on his Instagram a video of her laughing. <laughs> Feels great. Wow. And I told him I was going to go back and visit that many times. Yeah. And she had that, right. but it did not remove the depression. Honestly, I firmly believe the voice you hear the most is your own. Right. And she would talk sometimes about what her voices were telling her. Yeah. And so all of the accolades and her accomplishments of all yes. these things she did, I think builds a false narrative that those things should make her happy. But in the end, what is she saying in her own mind? The letter that she wrote for Allure magazine was yes. powerful. Yes. Yeah. Days after turning 30, Chesley wrote an essay for Allure magazine. Two years earlier, she was crowned the oldest Miss USA in history. What many saw as a proud accomplishment, others used as an opportunity to bully and mock her age. The article was a stark example of the relentless pressure Chesley was feeling and the monumental weight of this milestone birthday. She wrote, Turning 30 feels like a cold reminder that I'm running out of time to matter in society's eyes, and it's infuriating. I do think that there's some messages in there. Mm -hmm. Her issue was for women. When you turn 30, somehow you get discounted. Right. For some reason, women over 30 who are single and you are accomplished, yeah. you are somehow told that you won't have relationships, that the chances of you marrying or being relevant right. are slim. Right. Yeah. And wow. I think she was speaking a lot more to those things about turning 30. But I think it did show some of the things that... Some of the struggles that she was Absolutely, that she was thinking through in her mind. Right. Which are so true. Yes. Yeah, you it's know, very so true. true. Yeah. Like how the world idolizes youth. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, Chesley never really struggled that much with body image. But I think when she came under attack after she won Miss USA, yeah. I think it blindsided her a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. She was a heptathlete. And when she was running track, she was very strong. Her body looked completely different because she was both with muscle. Right. And when she was no longer on the track team, her body slimmed back down, but the muscle was still there. Yeah. She was proud of that. Right. So to receive the messages she received after she won, I think that took her by surprise. I think that's when she began to learn how to deal with internet trolls. She's mm -hmm. like, they don't know me. Right. right. Chesley's bonus dad, David, has been in her life since she was 12, and he's joining us. Hi, David. Welcome. Thank you. Why was it important for you to be here today? We didn't want to have an interview that was like a, a soundbite. There's been speculation about what happened, yeah. and we've had to see things posted that are just not true. You know, she was an attorney for a while. There was some speculation that we were trying to push her back into law. 
even up until a few weeks before she passed, like I was texting her saying, here's how many hours I've billed this this month and how happy I was for her that she would never have to do that again. Right. I was always saying, you're having probably more impact in your current role than you would going back to law. And when I saw that, I just thought, people don't really... They don't know. know. Yeah. 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 Last Father's Day, Chesley made a video about you. This one's for the dads. Today is a special day to show appreciation to all the fathers and father figures who have made our lives special. My stepdad inspired me to do pro bono work. He held the Bible for me when I was sworn in as an attorney in wow. North Carolina, and he's a fellow South Carolina Gamecock. Join me in wishing a happy Father's Day to all the loving, caring, supportive dads out there. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Aww. Yeah, I had just gone up there last June to hang out with her in New York, and she was a great tour guide. I mean, we were Central Park, Conservatory Garden, the Met, Madison Square Park, Brooklyn Bridge, Statue Mm -hmm. of Liberty. I mean, we did the whole thing. Right. I mean, I knew then that that was going to be like one of the best days of my life. Right. I was up there recently when we were getting her apartment packed. I think April kind of feels her presence when she's around Chesley's things. Yeah. But I feel her presence when I'm in that city. Wow. After she passed, I had kind of latched on to a couple of Adele songs. And I had a moment when I was up there by myself. I went down and ate at a pizza place in Little Italy that we had eaten at. And then I went and visited her favorite cupcake shop in Soho. And there was a street singer singing one of these Adele songs. I was really emotional and I sat there and, oh man, he, he was such a good singer. He said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a break for a minute. And I thought to myself, man, I sure wish he would sing that other song. Right. And a guy walks up to him, says something to him. And he says, I've got another request for another Adele song. And he sang that song. Wow. Wow. That was like a moment for me where I knew, like, she's with, she's with us. Yeah. And Definitely. like I could feel it. And I, and I don't really care what anybody else believes. I just was so thankful to have that. Yeah. Can you tell us some of the methods of just healing as a family? One of the first things we did as a family was talk to psychiatrists. Right. We have talked to a grief counselor mm-hmm. as a family, right. which I think is so important. Yeah. How old are your other children? Yeah. My oldest daughter is 33. Mm-hmm. My oldest son will be 29 in May. My second oldest will be 25 in May, and then we have a 13 and 14-year-old. Chesley and our older siblings were very close. Right. Last year, they were all together, and each of them had a gold bracelet that was kind of sealed on their wrists to represent their bond. And they grieved differently for Chesley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then our younger two, by the time they were born, Chesley was out of the house. house. Yeah. And so she was a favorite because she would come visit, but the bond wasn't the same. And so after she had passed, the older ones were grieving differently than the younger two. Absolutely. Just a couple days after she passed, or a few days after, I'm in New York, right? And we're trying to get Chesley home and going through that process uh, is difficult. But um, my youngest son called me, he never calls me, right? right? I mean, he texts me. (laughs) He called him, he's like, dad, because they hadn't been going to school. And the rule is, if you don't go to school, you can't play in the school basketball game. Right. 
And so he was like, dad, can I play in the game? And at first I was, I was offended. Like, you know, how dare you? Like your sister just passed away. And I just, I was so thankful rather than responding in that way. I just thought we're all going through this differently. And it's like, if that's what he needed was a taste of normalcy. Yeah. At that moment where everything is chaotic. Yeah. Then we're going to let him have Have his moment of normalcy. You know, people usually have a really difficult time in knowing what to do, what to say. What have you found to be Mm. helpful or comforting? I told my assistant to please reach out to my coworkers. And when I show up, I need a little bit of an oasis for my grief. And to please just tell them to say, we're glad you're here. And that's it. That's beautiful. That says so much to me. It's hard sometimes to have almost a line of people who are, you know, paying condolences and telling me about Chesley, but seeing smiling faces helps helps so much. Yeah. And that's helpful that's for helpful. us to hear. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. That's really good to hear. Yeah. yeah. There are some people who would just text or and just say, there are no words, I'm here. Yeah. Yes. That was yes. all I needed. I want to make sure that you talk about everything that's important to you. So is there anything else that you want to share? I think one thing that I would like to see laid to rest is this theory that Chesley was murdered and Uh this call for people to get the police involved. I know that my daughter died by suicide and it's painful to hear people constantly contradicting what we absolutely know. I hope that those who want to continue to muddy her passing with something that just is false will stop and let our family heal. I don't want to lose sight of the fact, too, that that her dad is involved in her life. I think one of the things I admire most about him is he's always been a big encourager of them with their dreams. And so I want to make sure to acknowledge him and recognize him today. What's his name? Rodney. Rodney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rodney. Yeah. Thank you for that, David. Yeah, Yeah. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Chesley loved her dad. Yeah. She loved her dad. Yeah. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. I think every parent, you have these thoughts sometimes, this fear of like, of losing your child. I think it's just part of the deal. I would always kind of focus on what would happen in immediate aftermath. But for me, I think the toughest part, and maybe I think you too, is this thought that, you know, we might live another 40 more years without her. Yeah. You know, or 50 years or I don't know, you know, however long it's going to be because we take yeah. good care of ourselves. <laughs> right. Um, the here and now is tough, but it's just this thought, am I not going to remember her 10 years from now like I remember her now? You know, or my memory is going to fade. Mm. And that is one of the toughest things to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that she loved the camera. Yeah, we got plenty of videos, plenty of pictures, plenty um, of memories. Yeah, yeah. It's hard balancing the grief and the gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more on the grief side of the seesaw right now, but I'm so grateful that I got to be part of her life. You know, and she got to be part of mine. You know, I'll just tell you, when I was a young woman in my early 20s, I lost a very close girlfriend, similarly the way that you lost Mm. your daughter. I will say that the memories may not stay burned in your mind, but the thing that never leaves is the love. Mm. 
Thank you. It never, yeah. ever, 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 ever leaves. And I had to learn through a lot of my own grief counseling that I didn't have to hold on to grief to remember the people oh, that I loved. Mm. Yeah, I've learned in releasing grief that I've actually been able to be much closer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. To those that I've it's lost. It's interesting because yeah. I felt like a lot of times, like if the sadder I am, the closer I am to I her. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm holding on to yeah. that memory, and if I if I don't stay there, yeah, then yeah. you lose her. Yes, yes. Yeah. and I promise you that's not true. Yeah, I wish somebody had told me that. And this has been a gift to me to hear about the beauty of your child, to meet you both. To have you share your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity yeah. so much. Thank you. I think a lot of people will benefit. Mm -hmm. That's our hope. Yeah, thanks. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. My I didn't sister. know we were going to go there on I'm this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke F Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.